1: Good morning, all right, full morning already, huh? What a good day. So we are continuing our series, Repurposed Prayers, about different times people prayed in the Bible, and the impact of that, and what does it mean for us now. And uh, we didn't have church last week, as you know. Uh, We took the week off to just give everybody a breather before we go into summer, because This is awesome, but it's also a lot of work. So here and there, when we can find a window every probably four to six months, we take a Sunday to just give our setup team a chance to sleep on a Sunday. It's a, yeah, yeah, some of you, you already do that, but uh, if you're on setup team, uh, you don't. You are here bright and early, Um, and they kill it. They really do an amazing job, but... As we're, in this, as we're in this series, uh, we're, we're digging in on different messages, but over the last two weeks, as we weren't here, a lot of stuff happened, right? So there was the school shooting in Texas, just another horrific tragedy, and, uh, and of course what immediately happens is politicians uh, being politicians and saying, we'll solve the problem by X, Y, Z. And, uh, and I don't know about you, I, I don't believe politicians have answers for evil in the heart of man. Uh, I believe only Jesus answers that question. Um, and and, and numerous, numerous other things, right? We've, we've entered Pride Month. So if you're a believer, you understand pride, not a good thing. <laughs> not something we want to lean into, something we lean away from, because pride isn't good for us. Pride is our destruction. Pride is what brought down the enemy, uh, the the devil in heaven. It's brought brought him down. Uh, It's what brought man down in the garden that said, I want more than what God offered me. I want more. And it's not good now. It's nothing to celebrate. It's a thing to repent of. Pride isn't good. Uh, Pride isn't good for our souls. Uh, And how many other things, right? We have massive inflation. Right, I spent ninety dollars filling up my gas tank this week, and and this is you say this uh, is he going to get all political? I never thought gas prices were political. I just just like this is a lot of money. <laughs> I don't care what party's doing it. I just don't like it. <laughs> I don't have this kind of money. I want to go on vacation, man. <laughs> right? Anybody here financially? It's a little hard right now. Anyone? If not, you're. If not, you're, some of you are like. No, and Biden is the best, and good for you. Well, we're glad you're here, and we love you, and that's okay. Um, I, I, don't think, I don't think one person is to blame for all of this. I think actually to believe that is to, is to not actually have a spiritual point of view. I think to say it's the president or the Congress who does or doesn't do all the things is to have a lack of a spiritual, biblical worldview. But what I can say in these days and these times, right? Oh, 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 another thing in the last two weeks. Monkeypox, right? <laughs> Monkeypox, like for real? Come on! Do how many diseases can we have in such a short amount of time? Like, g- goodness! And it just keeps coming, right? I just it's, it's, it feels like this is just our life now. Like, what, whatever comes Monday morning, new thing. Another thing that is happening now, oh, well, we set Alaska on fire, right? Whatever it is, I, I, you know, uh, uh, oh, we set, you know, um, uh, there's 20-some hundred bees missing somewhere. It just, got, it just keeps happening and happening, right? Right? There's war about people indoctrinating our kids or not. There's, there's war over, uh, are they bringing uh, several people, uh, several cities are bringing masks back now when others aren't. And it just, it's just continuing. And no matter where you stand on these issues, you cannot say that these are not perilous times. I would argue, at least in my lifetime, these are the hardest days our country, if not our world, has ever seen. Right? These are are dark days. These are not great days. But the best news is, in perilous times, we have a powerful God who is made for these moments. And I would argue, made these days. Right? The Bible says that, right? This is the day the Lord has made. Made. Now it doesn't mean God caused the, all these things. That is not what I'm saying. For those who are like, so God caused monkeypox? No, <laughs> no, that's a whole other theological conversation. Okay, I'm saying God made and ordains our days, even the tough times in, in these days. Okay, and He's in charge, and He's powerful, and He's over them. Matter of fact, the new I, I'm a We the Kingdom fan. Anybody here a fan of them as a band? They're so good. I love that band. They're, to me, the best thing that's happened to Christian music since Christian music was still good. And, and, <laughs> and, uh, and they, they have a, they have a line in their new song, and it says, I may not know what a day may bring, but I know who brings the day. Man, that is so good. And there's a guy in the Old Testament, a king, in Second Chronicles chapter twenty, verses six through twelve, this is King Jehoshaphat. Say that five times fast, Jehoshaphat. And 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 we're going to call him King J today, so I don't have to say that over and over. And King J is is one of the few in the line after David that is serving the Lord, because there's a lot of kings after the life of David, and they don't serve the Lord. They serve them. They serve other gods. And Josephat has his ups and downs, all right? King Jay has his issues, but overall, he loves the Lord, and he's trying to serve God well. He's trying. How many know God answers a person who tries? God doesn't need you to be perfect. He needs you to try. He'll cover the rest. And King, King Jay has a moment where he has to cry out to God because his enemies are about to surround him. Okay? Those who think we're going to solve war, it's been going on since the beginning of time, and it'll go on until God stops all the wars. But here's what happens. Let's read it. Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah in Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord. He prayed, "O oh Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone... ...are the God who's in heaven. You're ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You're mighty and powerful. No one can stand against you. Oh, our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land... ...when your people of Israel arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name... They said, Whenever we're faced with any calamity, such as war, plague, or famine, when we come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored, we can cry out to you to save us, and you will hear us and rescue us. And now we see what the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir are doing. You would not let our ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt. So they went around them, and they did not destroy them. Now see how they reward us? For they've come out to throw us out of your land, which you gave us as an inheritance. Oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that's about to attack us. We don't know what to do. We don't know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. That's it right there. That last statement, right? We don't know what to do. But we are looking to you. You could stop right there. How many of us in this day and time are like, I don't know what to do. But I'm looking to you, Lord. So a few things I observe in this section, in this prayer of Jehoshaphat, of, of King Jay, is one, they're in perilous times. Things are not going well. When every army that is against you surrounds you and plans to invade you and kill you, it's a bad day. That's a moment to say, "I don't think it's going great. We are in perilous times. We're in times, if you are a Christ follower, Bible believing Christian, you cannot look at these days and be like, things are going pretty good. (laughs) Just, everything's going my way, everybody's getting along, uh, just, I have too much money, really. I I have more money, what do I do with all of this? I wish, I'm just going to use it for you know, fire kindling. Like, nobody's saying that right now. These are perilous times, but there are, this is a moment we are being reminded of something that's always true. We are in a spiritual battle. Ephesians tells us, the war is not against flesh and blood, but against the powers and the principalities and the darkness of this world. There is a spiritual war, and it is always taking place. How many of you have been in a moment where it feels like everything came against you and you're like, what is going on? How in the world is all of this happening to me at once? What is the problem? And I would tell you, have you ever looked and considered the spiritual option that maybe the enemy has an assignment against you? And if you are a Christian, if you are a believer... You automatically, in that moment, when you give your heart to Christ, you also get a mark branded on you that says, enemy, come get me. (laughs) See, he knows who's on God's ledger, and he's after them. Because he either wants to rob you of your faith, or at the very least, if he can't do that, then he'll rob you of sharing it. He wants to stop you. You and I are in a spiritual battle. And the battle is for the souls of this world and the kingdom of God advancing in it or not. There is a real battle. It is all around us. And if you can't if you can't see that battle when you scroll, you are blind. There are far too many Christians right now who do not believe there's a battle going on for the souls of mankind. See, people constantly, especially in America, they constantly think it's, it's all right and left, right and left. It's they're doing this, and they're doing that, and they're doing this, and they're doing that. And it's funny, I, I, you know, you guys know we support a missionary in Poland uh, who runs Christ for the Nations Poland, a Bible college there. They've taken in 15 Ukrainian refugees. Now, he's, he's, he's pretty conservative, politically speaking. But he's very frustrated at Christians here because they're constantly viewing what's happening with Russia and Ukraine through the lens of right and left and an American Western worldview. And, and he's frustrated because nobody's thinking of this from a biblical holistic worldview, they're thinking of it from an American right-left worldview. Oh, Ukraine's not really doing that, and Russia's not really doing that, and this is what's really going on, and it, and he's frustrated because he's, he's like, you know, I'm 60 miles from Russian missiles pointed right at us, and, and that Putin is, a, is is a psychopath. He's a tyrant. No, Ukraine's not without its corruption and its brokenness and partnering, but they're doing whatever they can just to survive as a people. Some people who are on the right, let's say, look, Nancy Pelosi went over there, therefore they're bad. And then somebody from the right goes over there and somebody from the left says, therefore they're bad. And what they don't understand is this is a man who's just trying to keep his country free and we're viewing it not through a spiritual lens, but through a political right-left issue lens. And the, God does not see the world as Republican and Democrat. God does not see the world, God sees the world as light and darkness. And that's what believers need to be doing. Believers who understand that the war is light and darkness understand how to view and see the world and that we're in a battle. These are perilous times. It's not easy. What's I've, what I find interesting is now kind of post-COVID, a lot of things are going back to normal. Thank God, right? Thank God we can all be in here today and nobody's necessarily really freaking out about dying. Praise God for that. Praise God for that window of a moment of time. That says, ooh. But you know what, that last window, some of you are here in this moment because that last window, God nudged you and said, hey, come back to me. But there's others who came even to Thrive and other churches, and you know what happens when it's all over and it's kind of settled down? They go, they think we're all back to normal now. And they're, they're, everything's going back to normal, but... And, and that's fine. There's nothing. I'm glad to go back to the movie theater, and nobody's yelling at me in between popcorn bites to be like, "Put it back on. Put it on your face." <laughs> I'm glad that moment's passed me. That's great. But I don't want my head or my heart to go back to normal. I want my heart to understand I'm in the battle. Ephesians 5.16 says make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. There's these two ideas of Christianity. We become a people of extremes. We always take sides. It's always right or left. It's always this or that. It's always one or the other. we're, we're, We're people that do that. We're people of extremes. We're people of imbalance. And one of the things we believe is either... It's all burning to the ground, and we're all going to hell, and that's it, except for like one person, and and they know who they are, (laughs) right? They're like, I've got it right, and nobody else does. Those are the best people to hang out with, aren't they? The best people to be in the small group with, especially, (laughs) they just, they dominate the conversation, and you're like, who is that? It could be you, Um, but then there's the other people who are like, no, everything's great, Just everything's good all the time, because God is on the throne, and uh, I don't don't even know if there is a devil. And you're just like, what? What Bible, what are you smoking? You're supposed to read the Bible, not smoke it, right? There's those people. And the truth is, the balance is understanding you are always in the battle. But in the battle, we also know we always are serving a powerful God. See, the people who talk about there's a battle, there's a spiritual battle going on, you've got to be aware of it. You've got to know what's happening. People don't want to hear it. It's offensive because nobody wants to feel opposition, right? Anybody here ever play football, right? You find the hole and you, and you can run through. You're like, that's awesome. But years ago, many years ago, I played flag football. That's right. <laughs> like, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't, this is, I was a lineman in flag football, right? And, and, and that's, that's about as low as you can get, right? It's not real football, and you're not really going to play. <laughs> what you're going to do is attempt to push people, right? And I remember one time, we were playing against this team, the Eagles. Now, the Eagles had a reputation, and and they were a reputation just destroying every other team. And I remember that day we went to play the Eagles. Now, as you can tell, I'm not a tall man. <laughs> All right? I I I have depth but not height. <laughs> okay? And 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 we go out there and I swear that bus rolled in of the Eagles and I, I I swear those kids were all out of college. <laughs> this was no longer like a second through eighth grade league. These kids were 18 and on roids. And they brought them out. And, and I mean, I'm this tall. And I, I swear the kid I was blocking was six feet tall. And I get up there every time. And I'm like, here we go. Hike. And every time I heard hike, all I can remember is from there seeing sky. Because I was here, and then I was here. <laughs> every time. And I were like, I swear I pushed him. <laughs> I swear. I t- and every time. And I got up again. Uh, down. <laughs> every time. Opposition. They were bigger. They were stronger. We're in a time where the opposition seems massive. And they, they're, not, they're not stopping pushing. We need to understand that we are in these types of times. And we need to be bold for these days. We need to toughen up. Right? It's that old adage. Easy men make hard times. Hard times make hard men. Hard men make easy times. You say, what about women? They're included. It's, it's, it's the whole thing. <laughs> okay? It's just an old, I didn't make up the saying. But we are in days where easy men made hard times. I don't think it's about to get easier. Now, some things have gotten easier. I don't think it's about to get easier. We're just trading issues. And I I don't say that as a warning. I say that as a calling. Let's get up. Let's get to work. Let's do what we're called to do and take a stand for the things we're supposed to stand for. Right, Charles Spurgeon said this: "Bold-hearted men are always called mean-spirited by cowards." Right now, if I tell you, this week, I'm just gonna tell. I'll tell you the story. This week, some of my kids are in awesome play. Patty's here; she's directing it. Great job, Patty! Yeah. (laughs) There's one more. They're they're in the Lion King Jr. over at Taff School around the corner here. They're having a blast. They're doing an awesome job. It's a lot of fun. But at some point, some kids went up to my kids and said, hey, your dad's a pastor? Does that mean you hate gay people? Because somebody conditioned them. We're now in a time. It used to be, like when I was a kid, how many people just implicitly trusted somebody who was a pastor? Right? Okay? Okay? It was like, if you were lost, you can't find your parents in the grocery store. You find a policeman, a clerk, or if they say pastor, that you can go to them. Now, right, we, they, these kids are conditioned to believe that we're the ones who are hateful. Why? Because we're bold-hearted and we speak the truth. It's not because we're wrong. It's because, put that quote back up there, please. It's because cowards call us mean-spirited. No. We just know what the truth is. And my kids answered well. They're like, no, we don't hate anybody. Jesus loves everyone. We hate sin because we're all, but we, we all sin. We hate our own sin. We're all broken. We're all in need of a Savior. But to say that, it, it, it's These are perilous times. But in perilous times, we have a powerful God. Verse 9, it says, whenever they face all these things, and that last verse, we can cry out to you, and you'll save us, you'll hear us, you'll rescue us. See, the odds are against them. And if you don't know, Jehoshaphat, not that long ago, King Jay, before this, a few years before, had other allies in the region, godless allies, that he called on and said, hey, would you help me? And you know what he found out? They didn't help. The Bible says, what does light have to do with darkness? He aligned himself with people around him thinking, I'm making connections, I'm networking. I'm the worst at networking, by the way. <laughs> And he thinks, I'm connecting with all these people. It's great. And then they let him down. And they didn't come through. And they got hurt as a nation. Because he aligned himself with the wrong people. Instead of aligning himself with a powerful God. These are days to align ourselves with the Lord. And say, God, I am on your team. I'm not on their team. I'm not on their team. I'm not on this. I mean, I don't care if you post which flag of which nation you're supporting that day or whatever. But whose team are you on? Be on the team of the Lord. I'm on God's team. When somebody says, well, that's that's a political statement, you just be like, no, it's a biblical statement. I'm on team God. I'm on his side. That's where I'm going. I'm crying out to him. Are you going to go back to normal or are you going to go higher? Are you gonna ascend the hill of the Lord? Or are you gonna do what everybody else is doing? Man, this is the, which side do we wanna be on? I wanna be on the Lord's team. Stuff is going down. <laughs> Stuff is happening in our day and time. You may not know this, but more biblical prophecy has been fulfilled in about the last 10 to 20 years. Literally, and I could trace it. I don't have it all with me. But we could trace it Then has been, been fulfilled in like the last 500 years. Some of you are like, oh, I don't think that's true. Then again, you don't want to see these are perilous times. But the best part is we're in a powerful God. And I want to align on his team. I want to be in a moment that says, I'm, not, I'm going to speak some truth and say some things you may not want to hear. But I'm not saying it because I'm a jerk. I'm saying it because I know who's over me and I know who's behind me. (laughs) I'm going to say some stuff, and you may not like it, but hopefully it will transform you. This is the days we should be in. Today's complacency is tomorrow's captivity, as Sam Rodriguez said. How many of us have laid, we're in the moment we're in, and they are willing to give your children surgery to change their gender because we were silent. And again, we don't hate those people. We believe they're deceived. That's not hate. Disagreement, you've been lied to. Disagreement is not hatred. Hatred. But that statement is, (laughs) See, we don't hate anybody. We love everybody with the love of the Lord. We want everybody to know the loving Father that saves and redeems lives. And he's way better. He's way better than all of it. I don't want to be complacent anymore. And it's easy. It's easy. How many streaming platforms do we have now? I don't even know. There are times my wife's looking at the credit card bill like, do we need all of these? And inside, I'm like, no. And outside, I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> because I need to watch community for the 27th time through. <laughs> I didn't catch it all the first time. <laughs> we need to stop fighting battles that don't matter and start fighting ones that do. This, I do believe we're in a moment of somewhat reprieve. This may be a moment to catch our breath, but it is not a moment to relinquish our ground. Take a breath. Enjoy summer. I don't expect this house to be full every single week. It's okay. I'm going to be gone a few weeks. It's great. <laughs> but even there, don't let your guard down. Realize you're still in a battle. What we're doing right now, though, is we're trying to go back. And we forget, and the older you get, the more you understand, time is perpetual motion. Life is perpetual motion, and there is no going back. Is there a government program that's been instituted that you can name that they were like, let's stop that now. We fixed it. (laughs) Anybody? Because I really don't know one. I mean, if you do, shout it out. I'd love to know. No, because usually when they, they, they figure out, well, we staff it, we figure out how to policy it, and then we add more policy and staffing to it. Right, because there's no going back. When powerful people get power, they don't give it back. We're all that way. It's not I'm not saying it's all politicians no, no, no. It's a broken world. It's pride, like we said at the beginning. It's pride, it pulls us in and we want to keep our power. That's the time we're living in. We're living in perilous times. But these are the moments in perilous times we have a powerful God so we can be allowed to rise up and be bold and say, hey, no, I'm not with you, but guess who's with me? And he wants to redeem your life and he wants to save it and he's amazing. Some of us think, oh, it'll never never turn. Man, God can do anything. God can tarry. We were we were we were we were supposed to lose World War II, but God moved. There are many times throughout history, we're talking yesterday at the building committee meeting, uh, there's, a, there's a region, anybody here, if you've been to the Ark Encounter, it's down in like a Cleveland area, uh, within about 45 minutes to an hour that there's a thing that happened called the Cane Ridge Revival. Happened at the end of the second, uh, happened at the beginning of uh, the second great awakening. And a Baptist and a Methodist and I think a Presbyterian minister decided in a time where spirituality was waning, people weren't going to church anymore, um, Here's what happened is they decided to try and have some meetings. Because you know what gets people amped up? Meetings. <laughs> you know, I was thinking, I was really down the other day. I could use a good meeting. <laughs> that's what pastors do, I guess. Or, you know, like, I don't know what to do. Let's call a meeting. That's what church people do. But that's what they did. And, but here's what happened. God blew up on them. It went from a few hundred to like 20,000 people in a matter of days. They have no clue where they came from. They don't even know how they heard about it to this day. And here's what started happening. People were falling out all over the place. People were screaming in repentance on the ground. People were getting healed all over the place. Crazy things were happening. They were literally going around grabbing people saying, who's been to Sunday school? And if they found somebody, they put them on a tree stump and said, start teaching because there's too many of us for us to keep up with what God is doing here. And here's the best part. All three of those pastors were frustrated because they said, we don't believe in this anymore, or we don't think this happens in God anymore, and, and it's happening. And we're the ones who called the meeting. <laughs> they don't believe things like somebody falling out or being healed happens anymore. And it was just happening, and they were coming by the tens of thousands. And it's, the coolest thing about it is, you can go see it today. It's a National Historic Landmark, because it was one of the beginnings of the Second Great Awakening. God is powerful. They were, and here's, I think that happened because there were three pastors with the sincere heart that said, I, God, we're losing. But I don't want to lose. Do something, please. And their best idea was, have a meeting. <laughs> and God's like, I'll meet you. That's fine. <laughs> it's a terrible idea. But watch what I do. Why? I love this Pastor Sam Rodriguez said this while we are waiting for Jesus to come down, Jesus is waiting for the church to stand up. Why? Because where you look to is your outlook. This is our day and our time. We could let these days pass us by. We can try and move to a state that's not as corrupt. We can we can try and <clears throat> try and condition or have an event Man, let's look to the Father and say, God, move, come on, and I'll be bold. You move and I'll stand up. Where are you looking? Do you see hope? Do you see life? Do you see encouragement? I'll just confess to you that is not my natural bent, my natural bent. From things I've been through in my life, from the way I grew up, bullying, fear, I naturally wrestle with some depression in my life. It's a, it's just a, it's a limp I walk with, and God has healed me of a lot of it. Can God heal me of all of it? He, he can. He has not. But what I've had to do is remember that the God who is within me is greater than he who is within the world. that he can begin to reverse this river. And I begin to reverse it by saying, no, I arrest that thought and I will not entertain it. You know, here's a good way to arrest a thought. When the next time you feel slightly bad and then you decide, all right, I'm gonna go to WebMD and find out how much cancer I actually have. (laughs) Right? How many of you have ever done that? Put your hands up, come on, yeah. The rest of you are lying. You've all done it. We have all done it, right? We have all been there. I have, I have all of those diseases, every one of them. I've, got, I've, got, I've had monkeypox seven times, <laughs> right? We have all had it. I am not kidding. When COVID came out, I was convinced I had it seven times before I had it. And then I had it, and I'm like, I did not have it, <laughs> right? Because once you have COVID, you know you had COVID, right? There's a, there's a few of you like, oh, I just lost my taste and smell. Shut up, okay? We, we love you. Be quiet. Good for you. Nobody wants to hear how easy it was for you, okay? But for many of us, it wasn't that easy. It was, it was rough, okay? But, but in those moments, here's what's cool about that story. Here's what's cool about that moment. Jehoshaphat, King, King Jay, all right? <laughs> For perilous times, we have a powerful God, but even better, we have a promise of victory. See, he, he believed that. He didn't even know Jesus. This was before Jesus came down. He had a promise of victory. And if you look further down, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 22, at the moment they began to sing and give praise, The Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. After they destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. Okay, pause. How many of you have seen the woke rules and all of a sudden they start eating each other? Right? Because the enemy of the kingdom The kingdom of the enemy, it can't stand. Darkness eats itself. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were the dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. King Jay and his men went out to gather the plunder. They found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, valuables... More than they could carry. There was so much plunder, it took three days just to collect it. On the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of Blessing, which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord. And it is called the Valley of Blessing today. You know, you are in the battle, but it's not your battle. We are in a war, but it's not our war. It is not ours to win. It is ours to endure. You don't have to see to to get the victory. You have to endure and let God have the victory. You don't have to fight. You have to stand your ground. See the difference? god fights you stand bible says that when you've done all you know to do stand man there's been so many times in life i'm like i don't know what to do and the lord's like good right where i want you stand come on how many of us have given up stop giving up stand up you don't gotta fight, you gotta stand. You don't gotta, you don't gotta feel hopeless. That's where you put your hope in. Just endure to the end. Some of you are going through hell. And as Winston Churchill said, if you're going through hell, keep going. Hell ends. The kingdom of God never will. darkness has to go away. The sun has to come up. God will have the victory. How do I know? Well, I know from a lot of times He's come through for me over and over and over. At times I haven't even acknowledged. But more than that, I know what my Bible says. And if if I never see Him come through with my natural eyes, I know what His Word says. And He wins. Some of you, you just need to stand and let God have some victory in your life. He's a powerful God for perilous times. And he will answer the prayers of his people. How many of you today, I'm asking you eyes open. You don't got to tell me it. how many of you today. You're like I need some victories. If that's you today and you want to see God have some victory in your life, stand up right where you are. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You need some victories. God, do something. Come on, Lord. Break through in my heart. Break through in my mind. I got this pattern of thinking that is just killing my life. Enough. Lord would say, Come on. Let's have some victory. The Lord's waiting on your call not your action. The Lord's waiting on a sincere heart that says, I don't want to win, God. I want you to win. The Lord's waiting. And God will bless you more than you can even imagine